You are listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. You will never advanced? guess advanced this is, leadership. Well, then I'm in podcast. the I'm at the wrong place. I'm I'm a beginner. I'm not advanced. You will never guess who I found rummaging around into the history of files in the, in the I, bottom basement yeah, of the I, South Carolina Baptist Convention. I left a file here I was looking for. None other than Reggie McNeil. Mm. I tell you, Reggie, you you ran the show here, mid-90s up to mid-2000s. I, I, I think there are at least another 100 staffers that would disagree with you if you would ask them. I was running from the show. <laughs> In the area specifically in leadership development. Now, did you ever develop as a leader no, during the time? No, it, it, but I will say the South Carolina Baptist Convention, um, when I was recruited to that role, uh, this was it was the first job in the whole Southern Baptist Convention that had that focus. Uh, so the convention was way out front on that, and then we tried to figure out what do you do with it. You know, uh, it, it was a, it, it was great fun. It really was. Now you know during that time you some of you may have read some of his uh, his material, but um, behind the scenes here with Reggie, uh, he's he's one of the masterminds behind the Empower Kingdom Growth Movement that started here in South Carolina, moved nationally, the EKG movement of really trying to serve the church. Uh, you also um, may not know this, but uh, but but Reggie was uh, is is one of the kind of the founding fathers, I would say, of the missional church movement. Really trying to help the church be more kingdom focused, and um, and also author of ten books. Hmm. We've sold twelve. Uh, the the cop- thousands, ba- if ba- not dozens. Ba- yes, Bezos called me up the other day. Said. Somebody ordered one of your books. What's up with that? So. They are flying off the shelves on the Lifeway stores. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's no Lifeway stores that's anymore. Hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably where they are. But we it. really are truly honored here to have Reggie with us, and really excited about um, just having here. this this conversation. How you been doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good, Lee. You look like you're doing well too. I'm glad you to know of your continued work here. I told you not to take this job, and <laughs> so you've done it anyway. I can think of everybody I've ever sold, don't do that, and then they went ahead and did it. Their life was changed forever for the best. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're you're another proof of that. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, uh, as we have a little dialogue here today, I, I just thought every time I call you, Reggie, you're in a different airport. Now, is your <laughs> is your day job just traveling from airport to airport and back? Or, I mean, what you know, what does a consultant do? Well, I just persecute Christian leaders around the country with great enthusiasm. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, as I've gotten older at this now, I guess, what, three decades into this kind of stuff, you know, I'm pretty much still just a one-man wrecking crew. I don't have an organization. I'm not selling a product. I don't, um, not pushing any membership to something. I'm not smart enough to do any of those things. I just basically show up and say, you know, how can I help? Or, or people call me and I just kind of customize around. So, gosh, it just, you know, it's it's all the way from individual coaching to speaking to groups of folks or working with teams to really make a difference in their community i'm very i'm very privileged i mean i get to hang out with great people all the time and people that are trying and are making a difference in their world that's that's a great privilege well you wrecked me because i read one of your (laughs) books uh in fact i remember young in ministry 
The Present Future. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that book, angry, closing it, opening it back up, knowing that it was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 one of the one of the big shaping moments for me, I think, was this changing of the scorecard. Mm-hmm. This idea that uh, maybe it's not just butts, budgets, and baptisms we ought to count. Yeah. Maybe there's some other kingdom-oriented things that we yeah. should count, just to see if we're actually moving the needle on uh, on this idea that the kingdom would expand. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I want to thank you for wrecking me uh, in the midst of <laughs> oh, doing you're, that. You're and uh, it kind of opens up um, our conversation today uh, because you are focused on the future you are one of those guys who 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 god is gifted to really look ahead to say this is potentially where we're moving and now we're in the midst of this pandemic and a lot of people have said this this pandemic has has caused these different things to happen within the church and in reality it seems like a crisis just accelerates where we were already going. That's exactly right. And so when you think about maybe the the top 3 things that pastors should really focus on or be aware of for the future, uh, what are what are some of those? Yeah, things? I want to talk about that, but I want to comment first on your comment um, because you're exactly right. I mean, the pandemic really just accelerated our awareness of the changing spiritual landscape of our country, um, Western civilization, uh, for sure, Western culture. And uh, in, a, in a sense, it just it's not just the technology piece of that, of having to go online. Uh, it just forced us to look at a different way. How do we engage this culture? And, uh, and so uh, it really, I think, served as a wake-up call to those who will listen. Now, there are tons of church leaders that are still waiting for the reset button. How can we go back uh, to where we were, get back to normal? <clears throat> and I suggest anyone that's trying to figure that out is is probably uh, driving, you know, with a rearview mirror as a as a way, trying to figure out the way down the road. That's That's not going to deliver because uh, the culture has shifted so remarkably and so quickly away from a churched culture. Um, I mean, just, you know, millennials, uh, it was, it's one in four, has any interest in any institutional religion. Go one next generation uh, to the iGens or I, Gen Zs. Uh, I prefer iGen as a metaphor. Gen Z sounds like some herbal supplement, uh, you know, delivered discreetly to your door. But the, the, just the folks 25 and under, it's one in three. So if we're trying to figure out how to connect with, a, a, you know, a fast dwindling uh, or, or a population that is dwindling rapidly in their interest in any organized religious anything, not just church, not just Christian, I mean, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever, name it. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can figure out how to be more exciting to a smaller and smaller group of people, or you can figure out how do you position yourself to uh, to be able to engage with that culture, and so I, that that's kind of that's going to be the plat, uh, the context for my three suggestions, because I think we are we're going to have to figure out how to be leaders of a movement. That's the first thing, not leaders of an institution, uh, but leaders of a movement. Church as institution is a losing proposition. Uh, it, I'm not suggesting or saying people hear things I don't say all the time. But I, I did not say that church is going to go away and it's gathered in institutions. No, no. But this is an era of movements. 
and the church and Jesus didn't establish a religion. He established a movement. We, we turned it into a religion. That's something we did. Uh, and so in its early days, Christianity was a movement. And that's what changed the world. That's where we've got to be now. And so uh, leaders have got to figure out how you lead that as opposed to taking you know, a position inside of an institution that affords you a platform. We're going to have to figure out ways of creating platforms. And I think, I think there are three things then. Um, that I, I would pay attention to. First of all, I think we need to bone up on our collaboration IQ, uh, our intelligence around working with others. The, a kingdom world is no longer um, going to support uh, one local church, uh, you know, uh, duking it out on its own, just existing, just going through its routine, because kingdom calls us out to play in the community. And, uh, and in order to do that effectively, you have to have collaboration skills. That's not something we've been taught. That doesn't come naturally to us. Uh, as pastors and church leaders, we were taught to persuade, to, to encourage, you know, whatever, get people on the same page. Collaboration is much more difficult than coordination or, uh, you know, any, any of that. So, so collaboration skills, the first thing. I think secondly, pastors and church leaders are actually going to have to become good at discipling people. You know, we, we, we're coming out of an age where we counted on programs to disciple people. Well, look what that's gotten us. I mean, we have the best programs we've ever had. We've got the best church facilities. We've got the best, uh, you know, slickest productions. We've got everything. And all of that with a dwindling uh, interest in what we're doing. Well, when are we going to wake up and smell the coffee? But what people are interested in in their spiritual landscapes anymore is not what great church I can belong to. They want to know how can I be- how can I grow into my own skin? How can I become the me that God wants me to be? How can I reach my fulfillment? All of that stuff, which may sound selfish, but I think actually is in line with what God had in mind when He dreamt everybody up. Uh, you know, God put people here for a reason and for people to figure that out and and to live abundant life. Uh, so, the, but that requires dis- actual discipling, and most pastors admit they've never been discipled. Well, we got to quit giving that as an excuse. You, we got to figure out how we actually become people development people. <laughs> That's what I mean by discipling. How do we develop people around us, not just develop programs? And then the third thing I'd say, and I know you you probably have podcasts where you actually get to talk, but this is my podcast with you. <laughs> so just sit there and take it. <clears throat> the third thing is I think we're going to have to be really good, learn how to be social entrepreneurs. And I mean social and spiritual entrepreneurship, not giving up our faith, but figuring out how our faith crafts um, our imagination and how we can um, call other people in to, you know, and, and create opportunities for people to actually address huge societal issues uh, that the church should be addressing. I mean, you know, when Peter said, be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you, good night, Lee. I mean, if we were Right now, the church would be totally countercultural if we were people of hope. But instead, we've pitched our, we've we've decided we're either left or right, or we're Trumpers, or we're never Trumpers, or we're maskers or never maskers. I mean, we've just gone in with every other 
you know, way that people get divided up instead of saying, no, we are people of hope because we believe God has something better in mind than what we're experiencing right now. And we're working to that end. And we want to call you out and convene you and catalyze that effort in our communities and, and so that we can uh, have people enjoy the abundant life that Jesus promised and that God had in mind for them. Mm. Wow. So you probably want to push pause now. Just rewind everything that you've listened to so you can catch and grasp all of that. Um, I've had the luxury of, uh, of talking with Reggie through the years, and, and you really helped shape my, my, my thoughts on this idea of, um, of moving from a church-centric mentality to yeah. a kingdom-centric mentality. And, um, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a difficult pivot. Much of what you just talked about, these shifts that, that, that occur, uh, especially as we look ahead to the future, uh, is going to realign the way we spend our time. It's going to end up realigning the way we, we, we spend our money. Yep. And, um, and all of those, uh, when you start to shift scorecards uh, at a church, are difficult, difficult moves to make. Yeah. It's got a birth with inside the, the leader themselves. So when you think, uh, when you talk about moving from church-centric to kingdom-centric, um, what are some of those thoughts that you you know you have in in making that shift and that move? Well, you you hit on one of them. Uh, there are actually three three things I tell leaders that want to make this shift. I mean, because basically uh, to move from in, leading an institution to leading a movement it, that is moving from church-centric to kingdom-centric, because the kingdom is a movement and um, always has been and. Um, and so, you know, it, it requires that we shift the story that we think we're part of. Our, is our job here to build a great church? Or is our job here to partner with God in taking back everything that hell has stolen? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think uh, we've got too small a vision if we think building a local congregation into being a hot dog place to be at. I mean, that's, that is just so small, and that's such a shrink-wrapped view. And I'm not against having a great congregation. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But to what end? Uh, we cannot be the end. We are not the point. The church is not the point. The kingdom's forever. The church is not. And, um, and so uh, I know that comes as a shock to many spiritual leaders when I say, but just go to the Bible and look it up. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we start off in a garden with no church. We end up in a city with no church. The church has a function in space and time, and it is to partner with God in his mission. But his mission is the kingdom because the church is only a subset of kingdom activity. So, and Jesus established the church to point people to the kingdom. He didn't create a kingdom to point people to the church. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of that goes in. So that's a different story. So what story are we telling? Then what scorecard are we working from? And then ultimately we have to think then what's our stewardship? In other words, what, what do we think we're responsible for and I can tell you, kingdom leaders feel responsible for the communities they're in, uh, for the, 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 pe- the people's capacity to read, people's uh, uh, access to capital, people's willingness, uh, I mean, uh, health care, you know, all, I mean, life. I mean, the stuff that makes life, family life, uh, emotional health. My goodness, we're in a mental health crisis of untold proportions right now. Uh, where are we as a church on helping people 
you know, through with the PTSD of coming out of a pandemic, mm. thinking we're coming out and we're really not coming out. I mean, all of the stuff that's going on. And so uh, if we if we think we're our stewardship is just did we meet budget last year with this group of people and where are we up by three? You know, oh, my gosh. No, our stewardship has to be uh, a kingdom steward. And that's that's a community uh that's a community responsibility. Yeah, I, I love this idea, and I've heard you say this before as well, and I'm sure you stole it from somebody else, but this whole <laughs> idea that that the church doesn't necessarily have a mission, but God's mission has, has a church. church. That's right. And this and this this idea that 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 we as a church are actually engaged in in his mission. It's it's his mission to restore and redeem the world. That's right. So, so if we're in the, you know, if we're in the life transformation business, and it happens to be a family business because it's our father, right? right? right. We're, we're in this life transformation business. Um, it, it's it's not about trying to get people just to sign the dotted line. It's not right. about people, you know, checking off an attendance register, getting a nice pin uh, for being there so much. It's really about their life transformation, yep. you know, that we're about. Yep. And and those are the types of things that we actually would get energized by. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll tell people, you know, um, in today's culture, uh, people are not necessarily looking for a church to go to. It's almost like a uh, vegetarian looking for a barbecue place to go to. <laughs> and in fact, if you find a very good barbecue place for them to go to it, um, they're really just not interested. Right. Until their appetite has changed. Now, what they are looking for, though, is relationship. And they might even, like, take one for the team and sit through a barbecue lunch of yours if you're their friend and right. you actually got them to come. But in, in, until their appetite is changed for the things of God, um, a lot of the programs and things that we have are just not that uh, enticing to them. But church people, they, they shop for a church to go to. Yeah. So, well, and, and what, you're, you, what you're talking about here is the difference between doing church with the idea then as a marketing, you know, we're going to get people to come to being church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that's, um, and that runs off of a relationship. It's like I've been married to Kathy for 40 years. Some of your uh, listeners remember best uh, 40 years of yeah. your life <laughs> yeah you're not kidding it's a testimony to her that's for sure and um, but you know I'm Kathy's uh, husband 24-7 no matter where I am and even if she doesn't come up in the conversation she informs the conversation I mean like right now she's talking to me in my head you don't say that uh, but uh, you know or so you better back up and say that again uh, but but the truth is that that relationship flavors everything that I am and I'm husbanding her in every aspect of my life. Well, that's what it means to be a follower. We're married to Jesus, Paul said. I mean, he's the bride with a uh, and so that's a relationship that we work through. We church our way through life. Church is not a verb, I mean not a noun of destination. It's a way of being in the world. And if we get that then our church gatherings and what we do there, our discipling, all that, is designed to make to to release us to be the church better everywhere we're already deployed at home, in our neighborhoods, in schools, in our businesses, and that becomes a very different view of how uh, what our stewardship is. Mm. When we're in the life transformation business like this, and it's a family business something like a pandemic really ought to exponentially increase our business oh, man, because yeah. people are in desperate need 
of hope right now. Yes. And uh, and if a church is more interested in just getting their services online and just trying to find a platform to do online giving, they they have totally missed the point of engaging the community yes. because the community's scared to death. Yes. They're scared that they might end up dying from a virus they can't see. They they're they're scared of what might happen to a family member if they're able to actually take that that to them. Um, and then you have situations of healthcare workers and teachers and administrators in schools where every decision that they make is not the right decision. And, um, and people are crying out for the church to come and give them hope, to give them a different way of looking at life, to give them a new worldview. And, uh, and I guess my fear is that, that those who would listen here uh, even today uh, may still be in that, how can I get back things back to normal? Hmm. How can I get my services you know, in such a way where, where if there's a spike in a pandemic, you know, I'm, I'm not looked at like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And how can I get the online giving to, to continue to, 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 to move? Um, but really getting back to normal is that 80% of our churches are plateaued and declining. <laughs> yeah, our, right. our communities, honestly, uh, our, our communities mm-hmm. are moving in a totally different direction. Our, our kids, uh, many of them coming out of at-risk situations in school, they can't, they can't read, they can't flourish in their own particular lives. Our, our getting back to normal would be that we're totally losing the next generation when it yes. comes to uh, worldview, especially in that of the Bible. And really getting back to normal would be that 90% of the church is uh, – has not really even opened their mouth about Jesus in the last year. Yeah, we can do better than normal. Yeah. <laughs> We'd better do better than mm-hmm. normal. You know, I'm reminded that it uh, in the early days of church as movement, it was in fact disease and the ravages of pandemics and epidemics when they would tear through these Roman cities. Mm. And uh, that actually served as a platform. One of the two main reasons the church grew as people fled to the countryside. And of course, they didn't have a germ theory, but they just knew somehow you got to get away from sick people to survive. And they would leave their sickies behind and they'd fl- flee to the country. But the church didn't leave. Church took in the sickies. And so uh, when the families returned from the countryside, they had a new virus in their family. Mm. And uh, and so we can view this pandemic, as you said just a moment ago, God didn't cause it. I'm not about to say that, but I can tell you it, it, is, it is providing an opportunity for the church to be church and to join God in his mission in palpable and tangible ways so that people who are hopeless see a way out, see a better life. Wow. Well, it's been an honor for you to be here on this podcast. But if you want to listen to Reggie, he talks all the time on podcasts. <laughs> Tell us about your podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I do interview people uh, as well as talk some. It's just Reggie McNeil podcast. It's a very inventive name. That's incredible. Um, uh, there is a subtitle to it, so we had to do that. But it's called Kingdom Come, so you can kind of tell the flavor of it. I'm always looking for ways for the kingdom to capture people's you see, I think because I think your dreams and your hopes for you are, and for us, I mean, not just, but people's hopes and dreams, I think, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were just crawled out of the primordial ooze, I don't think we would dream about a better world. Uh, I think those are echoes of the kingdom of God. I think it's like a, 
homing uh, you know, device he's put in us, that true north that we know things should be better. And so that, that keeps pulling us toward that, that kingdom that, that, he, uh, that, that, that is his existence. Mm. Well, if you never explored any of his writings, the Mission Renaissance, great book. The the newest one that I know of is Kingdom Come. Do you have one coming out here in in the near future, maybe? No, uh, Kingdom Collaborators was the most recent. Okay, but that's all right. But uh, no, I am. Uh, people even who read books really mostly listen to them now. More people listen to books than read them, so that's why I'm putting my efforts in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Great. And I uh, just want to tell you personal thanks because back in the day when I was a student pastor, um, I reached out to Reggie and just said, hey, would you would you let me pick your brain here for for, for a couple of hours over lunch? And, uh, and, I, and I didn't tell you it was going to be like a decade's worth of that. And so uh, thank you so much oh, for pouring into me as a young guy in ministry. And if you're a guy who, um, who maybe is seasoned in ministry, Look for one of these younger younger bucks and uh, see if you can't reach out to them. Maybe give them some uh, words of encouragement, some words of challenge, and uh, and even spur them and 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 push them on along on along the way. Oh, it's been great. You you are worth it. Oh man, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's what my grandmother says. <laughs> well, until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel, accelerate the advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.